Welcome to the Inside with the Guides, a podcast where local guides introduce us to their destinations and share with us highlights, tips, and personal preferences about the places where they live and work. We are Chile Signature, an entrepreneurship created by tour managers and professionals with the dream of sharing the natural beauty of Chile through responsible tourism. We are constantly searching to fulfill our clients' bucket list through each episode, get inside of each destination. Take more than a picture, learn more than a fact. The real experience only comes with locals. Come on and join us. amigos and welcome to this new episode of Inside with the Guides. Today I have the pleasure to talk to Francisco Valero. Francisco was born in Valparaiso and because his father was a Marine, he had the opportunity to live in different cities where his father was transferred. After Valparaiso, when he was just eight years old, the whole family moved to Punta Arenas for four years, then Puerto Montt for eight years. Francisco studied to be an English teacher at the Catholic University of Valparaiso. After the university, he moved to Santiago for two years, working in a hostel. After that, he spent six months in the United States and coming back to Chile, he decided to move to the northern part of Chile, San Pedro de Atacama, where he actually lives, working as a local guide. Francisco also worked as a trip leader with teenagers traveling to Peru and working with rural communities. Hi, Francisco. And uh, how I said at the beginning, it's a pleasure to talk to you and thank you very much to give us the chance to know you and sharing your destination with us. Perfect. Hi, hi, Jorge. Hi, everybody. Um, well, to begin with, I'm super honored for this invitation. So I'm thanking you in advance. And well, and also, guys, let me tell you to everyone who are listening out there, it's been around five months that I haven't used my English. So if by any chance I made some mistakes, please do not judge me. It's been a while. <laughs> It's been a rough time for everybody, but I'm really happy to be here today. Thank you very much for the invitation. Oh, I'm sure everything is going to be okay. Francisco, uh, tell me where are you now and what are you doing? Well, at the moment I'm, I'm in my house, I'm in my backyard. As you can see, it's quite a nice day today. I'm located in San Pedro de Atacama, in the north of the country, in the second region of Antofagasta. I have been here already for about two years, two years and a half, and working as a tour guide around two years. And well, one of the reasons why did I decided to move here was, well, I wanted a different experience. I came here about four years ago with my two brothers as a holiday. And then I said, okay, you know, like I want to come to this place and work uh, as a tour guide. Actually, that was the aim at that moment. Well, we're going to discuss, of course, a little bit about, um, uh, about that in a few minutes. But at the moment, I'm just leaving the pandemic period, um, trying making myself useful and incorporate new knowledge. I have been studying a lot recently. I, well, I met one of your colleagues on a webinar about storytelling. I have, the, I have done some, I don't know, like outdoor planification. Currently at the moment, I'm waiting for a new course that is going to start in a month that it's going to be related to technology in tourism. So it's going to be, I think it's going to be like 100 hour course certification. So at the moment, I, I don't know. I, it's kind of like, 
the best thing that I can do. Also, since in San Pedro, we're on stage or phase three that allowed us, for example, to go out by bike. And it hasn't been that rough in comparison to my, my partners in different parts of the country that have been kind of like a little bit locked down. So in that sense, I don't know, I'm feeling myself quite grateful to have made this decision and, and still staying here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it also looks like it's a very nice day today over there. It's a little windy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, usually, for you to know as well, in San Pedro, after 4.30, it gets quite windy until 8, especially in spring, summertime. Uh, but it's nothing terrible. It's just like a nice breeze after a hot day in the desert, you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but no, the, the days have been quite nice recently, so it's really nice. Okay. Francisco, I read also that you have been in the United States uh, where did you go in the United States? Um, what city? And how was your experience over there? Did you stay with the family, with, with friends? Okay, so when I went to the States for six months approximately, I was around 25, so I went all by myself. And, you know, I was kind of like offered a job. I, you know, I have done many different things in my life. And when I was in the States, I was working on an interior design company. So it was quite the opposite of what I was doing now or what I was doing previously to that. And I lived in Miami, in Florida for six months. I had the chance to stay for a little bit longer, but you know, when you don't feel is the right thing, you just go and try to follow your instinct in a way. And I said, no, you know, I have to come back to Chile. I think there are still some other things that I can do here. <laughs> and, you know, apparently it was the right decision because since I moved to San Pedro, it has been, well, the two, year, the two years and a half, the most, the happiest two years and a half of my life, you know? So I'm quite happy with the decision and I'm still pushing and about staying here. Okay, yeah, that's uh, very good. And uh, also, Francisco, coming back to Chile, you decide to go to San Pedro de Atacama and start working as a local guy. Why you didn't go back to, I don't know, Punta Arenas or Puerto Montt, those places that you uh, knew already, but you decide to go to the northern part of Chile. Why? Yeah, well, you know... um... All my life, I've always kind of like been interesting on doing different things. And this was no exception. And as I told you a little bit before, when I came with my brothers, it was, wow, what is this place? You know, the feeling was so intense. And it's quite typical, for example, for people when they picture the desert, they imagine that it's something quite, you know, empty, that nothing happens over there. But at least for me, when I arrived here, it was like, oh, my God, what is this place? <laughs> and at, the, at that moment, I'd want to stay, actually. But I had, to come, I had to come back to Santiago, solve some things. And actually, later on, the United States opportunity came up and I decided to follow that. And then I, when I returned, I said, OK, I'm going to go to San Pedro. And I wanted to be a local tour guide. I I was kind of like on tours and I watched the tour guys working everywhere. I was like, oh, what is this job? I, I wanted to pursue a more outdoorsy type of lifestyle, something that kept me, you know, outside, you know, like a room with four walls and a computer in front of you, which I'm not saying that it's bad, but it's just the thing that I wanted to do at that moment. Yeah, I can tell you that uh, be a guide is just a passion. Yeah, it's exactly. It's something very, very good. Yep. Okay, Francisco, can you recommend places that normally people or tourists don't know about uh, them? 
and they should be a must. I mean, you cannot leave San Pedro without visiting those places. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. So, well, I, I'm probably sure that many people that have heard about San Pedro, they usually know about, you know, the common activities like the Moon Valley, going to the geysers. And actually, I was having a conversation with a few friends yesterday regarding to, okay, guys, I need some ideas. I need a broader picture of what places should we recommend in San Pedro. And we narrowed down the options and actually we said that the the geysers tour for example is quite special and it's a must but for example a lot of people come for about three to four days sometimes they don't have too much time to do that um i mean to do a more uh, i don't know like a more a broader you know like ideas of touristic you know like places that they want to go but the geysers and the moon valley we have to say that are kind of like the must to do here but on a personal note Um, I'd say that there are a lot of places that you can get easily by bike, for example. Like, for example, you can go in 15 to 20 minutes by bike to the Vilama River, and there's nothing that you can compare with a national park within the United States, for example. So um, there are many, many places I can count that are not involved like on the usual programs that tourists follow. And well, and the good thing about San Pedro is that you have several contrasts. Okay, you can be on the top of the mountain in the morning, you can be on a really empty, brown, white, dry area in the afternoon, or you can be on a salt lake floating, making yourself floating, you know. Um, but I would say that even though it's quite cheesy to say, the Moon Valley and the Geysers Tour are one of the best. And in my opinion, the Geysers Tour, more than the Geyser experience, the one that you know like interest me the most is the fauna activity or the fauna that you can see um you can see a lot of bicunias different birds flamingos it's quite interesting it's quite surprising actually and um how far it's a geyser how far and how high because i know that it's very high exactly great that's actually a great question thank you very much well You can get to the geysers in about an hour, an hour and a half. And you have to be quite careful with the altitude. That's one of the main instructions that you receive or you have to check prior coming to San Pedro. For example, San Pedro is located on 2,300 meters of altitude approximately. Then if you go to the geysers, the geothermal field itself, it's located on 4,300 meters of altitude. When you finish on that geothermal field, okay, you're still going to kind of like drive around those 4,000 meters, okay? So it's not like you go to the 4,300 and then you go down. So for you guys that are kind of like near to the shore, near to the coast, uh, you have to be careful and take this with respect, okay? A lot of water, um, a healthy diet when you're here, if it, I mean... I don't know if you want to have like an asado, <laughs> a barbecue prior to coming to San Pedro, you can do it. But when you're here, try to make yourself, you know, like aware or where, or of where you are. I see. So I mean that after that um, nice tour that we, you recommended to the geyser, then should be a time for a lunch. If you are going back to San Pedro, what about food? Can you recommend anything that it's unique from San Pedro? Or maybe we can find in another place, but San Pedro is the best place to try it. 
and of course a good wrestler yeah perfect um well so for example as you said when you come back from the geysers from high altitude to a lower altitude your kind of like body pressures down to say it in a way so you feel a little bit hungry actually when you're high altitude it's quite hard to feel hung yourself hungry there's a perfect place that i'd like to recommend that it's called delicias del carmen this place it's quite known for the massive courses you know massive dishes okay. uh and you can easily try andean food chilean food for example, you can have your corn pie, your pastel de choclo. Also now I think with the British as a shepherd's pie, quite similar to that. And you can easily split it into two. And that's going to be enough for the day. So that's actually my main recommendations. And later on, let's say if you go to the Moon Valley Tour in the afternoon, and if you still have the energy to, go, to keep up, you can go to Caracoles Street, which is the main pedestrian street where you can find a lot of restaurants, bars, well, pharmacies, everything you need, you will find it on that street. And the other option is Adobe, Adobe restaurant that it's quite, you know, like the service is quite fast. So if you want like a quick meal and a really good meal with good wine, you can go there. Or for example, the other option that I was recently recommending was the Roots Bar that I really liked it. And you can have like sandwiches over there, something like more like a bite type of food. And of course, great cocktails as well. Okay, and what about the special food? Something that is unique, like a soup or maybe stew or something like that? Well, you can hear, for example, in the Delicias del Carmen restaurant that I previously mentioned, you can find patasca, that that would be something quite Andean, to say it in a way, not necessarily local from San Pedro. But for example, if you want more like an accurate cultural recommendation in terms of food, there's a, a place, a restaurant in uh, IEU that it's, um, well, for you to know, and I use some sort of like a social construction in a more modern world, some sort of like a neighborhood, but not necessarily like the neighborhood that we kind of like picture in our minds. And over there, Daniela's, yes. Daniela has a restaurant and they sell pure local food. For example, they sell like uh, Chañar and Algarrobo, which are the two original trees of the area. They sell some sort of like a syrup, which is quite sweet. And from that, they can prepare many other courses like desserts, etc. Uh, you can try the llama beef over there. Um, sometimes they are able to get guanaco beef. But for example, in comparison to Patagonia, we don't have too many guanacos on the area. So I think in that sense, that uh, food is a lot more restrict in comparison to others. Uh, but on that one, so sorry, uh, you have to go only by reservation. That's the other thing. I see. Well, yummy, yummy. Looks a very good food over there. Now, uh, what uh, if you would like to do a toast? What would you you recommend? Pisco sour. It's a, usually it's in a very different places. But some sometimes the pisco sour they add in different areas, different things. There is some special pisco sour over there. I'm so happy that you know the area <laughs> so good <laughs> and you're kind of like leading me to the answers that you want to receive. That's great. Thank you very much. Um, yes, as you said, for example, here there's a special treatment that Pisco Sour receives. You can add yeah. some herbs that you can get from the Altiplano area, from the high Indian area. For example, at this altitude and in this uh, biological floor, we can, found, we can find, so sorry, Rica Rica 
which is some sort of like a minty type of herb okay. and combined with the pisco sour, delicious. But for example, guys, if you want to try a pisco sour, I don't recommend you to do it before going to the geysers, okay? Because usually going to the geysers, yeah, alcohol and bad altitude, it sometimes it's not a good mix. So maybe you want to try those things at lunch, for example. If you do it at lunch, that's perfect. Or make sure that you're not going to a very high tour the following day. Okay, I will try to do it, not to do it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Francisco, let's uh, move a little bit. The sky of the north of Chile is absolutely amazing. Very clear and blue during the day. And at night, you can uh, perfectly see the stars, constellation, and sometimes you can see the satellites. Do you have any recommendation for people who are interested to watch the sky during the day and at night? Exactly, yes. Well, to be super honest, I would say that the best months to come to San Pedro in order to watch the sky would be April and May, and then a little bit between June, July, and then uh, October and November. Okay. For me, those six months are the best. Why, for example, April and May? because of the low season that's one of the reasons and for example between january between january and march we have a phenomenon called the um, high andean winter some people will recognize it as the um, invierno altiplanico our local chilean friends right um which is a phenomenon that uh, gives us clouds in the sky between january and march usually yeah sometimes happens let's say sometimes in November, a little bit in April, but the clear sky, you will get it for sure. April, May, June, July. So sorry, June, July, I mentioned it because of the content that you will see on the sky at night, for example. You can have a perfect Milky Way on top of you, seeing it with a naked eye, which is quite beautiful. You can see many different constellations. And also, for example, if let's suppose that we're on an active period of the town, uh, you don't get too many tourists in that moment. So you usually get the places all, bar, all for yourselves, you know. So, um, and then later on, October, November is the same. This spring season is quite good for the sky because of the perfect vision that you have that you have no you know like clouds in the sky or any humidity on the air also regarding to the content you can see many constellations you can see the orion belt um which is quite impressive to see it only with the naked eye it is also well i would say there regarding to this there are too many options for the astro astronomic tours a lot of people come just with an app on their phones and they can distinguish the constellations in the sky, which is quite useful if you're in a budget, for example. And then if you go to a more specific observatory area, we also depend on some observatories have like small microscope, uh, microscopes, telescopes, so sorry. And other ones have bigger ones. So you can reach um, a better vision, for example, on Saturn. That was the most impressive thing that I saw the first time that I came here uh seeing saturn kind of like with the ring you know yeah um around that was quite impressive okay so yeah that will that would be my recommendation for you guys regarding to watch the stars and the sky uh i'm so sorry something else that i didn't mention that if you want to see the sky during the day during daytime you definitely need to go to high altitude as well 
for well day and night it works the same but if you go to high altitude during the day and you see for example the whole salt flat in front of you and you see impressive volcanoes and mountains next to you it's a show it's really really impressive okay uh francisco about altitude how high it's uh, san pedro it's located on approximately 2300 meters of altitude okay yeah Yes, I was thinking about also the Pisco Sour and the altitude. Yeah, and also, <laughs> and also for example, in, usually in high altitude, do you get dehydrated a lot? So that's why we always carry water next to us. Uh, and if you mix that with alcohol, it will dehydrate you a lot more. So that's why some people, not everybody, just a small percentage of people suffer about the altitude sickness when they have those, you know, like, mixing opportunities but if you're in holiday you know sometimes you go with the vibe and you say okay let's just drink something else and something else and something else but my recommendation guys in order for you to enjoy properly the place and your excursions and everything make yourself you know like flatline in that sense do not try to push yourself uh unless you're climatized properly i would say that after two three days you're a little bit more ready to go with the Bisco Sours. Okay. Yeah. Francisco, also because well, you need to drink a lot of water because uh, Atacama Desert is considered one of the driest deserts in the world, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, so you need to drink a lot of water. Exactly. For example, guys, the humidity percentage that we have at the moment, I would say, I'm checking the app now, but I would say it's between 8% or 12%. It's 4%. 4% of humidity in comparison, for example, um, to you, Jorge, that you're located in Santiago, I would say Santiago will have somewhere between 55 and 70% of humidity. So probably you guys are used to that level of humidity, you'd even notice. But when you come here, your body is going to notice, your skin is going to notice, your lips. So that's why you have to keep yourself hydrated. That's my, my I don't know, like my coach advice for the day. Yeah, that's very good. Thank you very much. Um, Francisco, about activities, you were talking about a bike, you know, but uh, what else? Uh, which uh, activities for, for people who wanted to do something else, like a bike, a hiking, or just uh, walking around? Yeah. So, well, that's the other thing that San Pedro has, which is quite varied for all the audience that San Pedro can receive. And, and when I say San Pedro, I'm encompassing the whole area, I'm encompassing the mountains, you know, like the lakes, the the fauna, the flora, everywhere that you can go. So you can quite, you can actually combine activities. You can get your bike, you can, since usually there are not too many people on areas that you go by bike, you can lock it and then you can walk around and do a, and have a trekking experience and then keep going back to your bike and return to the town. It's not an issue. You can, there are activities that you can go by bike or 100%. And also, guys, one of the reasons of why I'm mentioning bike is because I really love it. Is I, I, I cannot go anywhere with my bike because San Pedro kind of like invites you to that since it's, everything is kind of like quite narrow, quite close to everywhere, you know. I use my bike a lot and right now since we have no tourism going on and a lot of people that they were living in the town, they have moved as well, the place is empty. So we have a, a highway that connects with Bolivia, Argentina, and Paraguay. And 
there are, I don't know, like three to four trucks driving the whole day. So you have the highway to bike yourself properly and experience some freedom. But for, in terms of tourism, I would say that for me, bike and trekking experiences are the best, are quite, you know, like invigorating. Uh, but you have everything. You can have your camper van. You can drive around by yourself. And, you know, like if you're trapped in the middle of the desert, if you want to camp there, maybe you will be able to do it depending on where you are because we deal with the local communities here. So you have to be respectful with them as well and respect the places that you're going to be. So if you want to do that type of activity, do your research and then decide. And well, and then you will have the common activities that you can get your a car or, or jump in a tour in a band with more people and share the space and share the experience and go with the more you know like usual area so you can go for example the moon valley is like 15 20 minutes away from here the sejar lagoon the sailing dome where you float and it's only 30 to 40 minutes away. So, yeah, I would say, for example, the most far away tour would be the geysers and the high Andean lagoons, which is, are, are usually an hour and a half, two hours away by car. But, guys, I would, for example, I was thinking that right now, if by any chance we start doing tourism again with the whole pandemic protocols that we, we will need to follow the bike, Trekking experiences are going to be kind of like the first one, in my opinion, to be quite successful because usually there are not going to be any people close to you. You're not going to be trapped in a car with people that you probably don't know. So I think in that sense, it gives me hope that San Pedro is one of the places that you will reactivate quite soon. Well, I hope so too. Um, yeah. Francisco, you have been already two years in San Pedro de Atacama. Do you have any special place that you would like to go in your spare time? And why is it so special? Okay, so, um, well, one of the coolest thing about San Pedro, and this is quite on a personal note, I have been able to create great connections, great bonds with people, with friends that I have here. And fortunately, they're still here. They, they still continue living here. And we have a place that we'd like to go, which is the Vilama River. Vilama River, it's 15, it's only like three, four kilometers away from San Pedro. So by bike, it takes you like 10 to 20 minutes if you're in good physical condition. And then you can trek throughout the river. Then you go up throughout the mountains that are next to the river, like the canyon. And I don't know, the other day, not, not the other day, like a year ago, I went with a friend who was from the United States. And he said, like, I cannot believe that you have some sort of like a Yosemite park from the United States, 10 minutes away from your house. Mm -hmm. And we like to go with my friends there. We usually go there to see the sunset, which also sunset here, guys, are quite a show as well. And well, and I would say that the reason why it's so special, well, it's because it's so close first. It's so impressive. <laughs> and it's because an activity that I can relate with my friends. So we enjoy uh, doing it all together. Yeah. Oh, good. Excellent. Thank you very much for sharing that with us. And uh, Francisco, do you have a book or movie or maybe a documentary that you like to recommend for somebody who doesn't know anything about San Pedro? Yeah. And maybe he or she would like to learn something before coming over there. Yeah. So, well, I started to check out and started to think about this like what kind of book I can recommend or what type of movie I would be able to recommend it will depends on what you're interested in because 
one of the reasons I'm coming to San Pedro, I think it's so buried, for example, that you will have culture, you will have geological aspects, you will have the stars, a lot of fauna as well, and a lot of flora. So depending on what about your interest, it will depend, right? But for example, in terms of books, I would say a good introduction to the culture of the area will be the Kunsa Dictionary, which is um, the Kunsa is the local language of the Likan and Thai people that we have around this area, that they are the ones who rule the area, right? The, the aborigines of the area. So, for example, there's a library called La Libreria del Desierto, that they have their own version of it, and they include a lot of myths and legends prior to the dictionary. So it's kind of like a good way to understand a little bit more regarding to culture. But in terms of movies, I would recommend the movie Nostalgia de la Luz, which is a documentary uh, that it was created around 2010, if I'm not wrong, by Patricio Guzman. So it's a study of the kind of like puts a little bit of the local um, culture but also a lot of information regarding to the sky. Yeah, a lot of astronomical content, if you can say. It will be also, it will include some content regarding to what happened in Chile during the dictatorship period. So um, I think it involves opposite poles, to say it in a way. But if you want to get a glimpse of what are you going to get from the area, I would say that it's a great documentary for you to watch, guys. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much for that. And uh, Francisco, we are almost ending this uh, interview. Uh, and um, no. how can people get more information about you? And uh, how they can uh, reach you if they need a local guide in San Pedro? Perfect. Well, um, on a personal note, guys, at the moment, I'm just a Instagram geek. <laughs> I'm just using Instagram. If you want to reach me there, Just type Francisco Valero, or you can uh, type at Chicheland, uh, like C-H-A-C-H-E, land. But it's quite personal, but you can still, I'm still trying to focus the Instagram as a tour guide. So if you want to hit me out on a message, if you want to book me as a tour guide, there's no issue with that. But if you just need an advice, or if you just want to know a little bit about more the area and recommendations, I'm usually up to answer those type of questions so guys just hit me up with a message and i will reply you as soon as possible yeah okay excellent now francisco why don't you invite to our audience if they want to go to uh, san pedro atacama give it a very nice invitation okay well guys uh, i invite you all to san pedro to come here because you will get the experience of your life i know that this is quite easy to say a lot of touristic destination will say the same but for example i was talking with the friends and the first word that they used was magical yeah because you will have connection with nature you will have connection with probably an stereotypical area that you will think that you're going to find nothing. Sometimes this is completely opposite. Also, the people here, we are very friendly. <laughs> I like to think that I'm friendly. <laughs> so we will welcome you in the best way possible. You will have no regrets after coming here. You're just going to leave the place with nothing but happiness. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah. Francisco, once again, thank you very much for all the information and for being part of this episode today. I wish you all the best for you. And uh, amigos, 
Thank you very much for being with us again. And we expect you in our next episode of Inside with the Guides. Bye-bye. Perfect. Bye-bye, guys. Thank you very much for listening, you all. Thank you. Thank you for listening Insights with the Guides. If you want to know more, you can visit our website, www.chilesignature.com, as well as our social media. Join us soon in another episode, where we'll visit another destination in our country. Chile Signature, experience, passion, and commitment at your service. Stay tuned.